Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 346. Today, we're going to continue the story of Joseph. Now, let's get some background once again, just for context. Jacob is back in the homeland of Rivka, Rebecca, his mother. And God has blessed him in every way with sons and with a daughter. And now God has remembered Rachel, the favorite wife, not the first wife, but the favorite wife of Jacob. And God has blessed her with a son after all of these years. And she named him Yosef, which means God will add. He will add, she said. And God indeed did add her another son with Benjamin. And we'll talk about that later because his birth actually took her life. But Joseph now was part of his father's tribe. And God put it in Jacob's heart to go back to his homeland from which he had fled. He would there have to confront Esau, whose name was Edom, and he was going to have to deal with all of his past. And we're not going to go into the story in great detail because, remember, we're talking about the great panorama of God, the great story of God, which starts with the primeval period, everything from Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 11, everything that happened from the creation of the world and the beginning of time all the way to the call of Abraham after the great flood and the Tower of Babel. And so now we are years down the road, decades down the road, and God has blessed Jacob in an unusual way. And so as Jacob makes his way away from Laban, coming back to his ancestral homeland that God had promised he was going to give to the descendants of Abraham, that he met Jacob. Now, as you'll recall, it's in chapter 30 of the book of Genesis that we were introduced to Joseph. But now we're in chapter 37, and the scripture says that Joseph was sent out by his father to check on the boys, the rest of his half-brothers who were out tending the flocks and the sheep. Because remember now, God had blessed Jacob, and he was a mighty man, and God had blessed him and the land. Now his tribe was called Israel, and he is in a great way of prosperity, and he loved his son, and he showed great partiality to him. Remember, as I told you, that was a mistake on Jacob's part, and that's what he had done to Joseph's mother as well, had shown partiality, and it's never good when that happens. Every child is different. Every person is different, but the way that we treat them needs to be equitable, and so the Bible teaches that the brothers rebelled and they hated Joseph for what their father had done. And Joseph didn't help things because he was always bragging and talking about what he was going to do and all the great dreams that he had had. And so indeed, the children of Jacob, the sons of Jacob were away tending sheep and he sent Joseph on an errand. And it was uh, miles and miles and miles away from where Jacob was staying and Joseph 
Joseph had been with him. And young Joseph was sent out, and he found his brothers in the valley of Dothan, Dothan. And remember, that was the pass that I told you about from the Jezreel Valley that emptied out into the Jordan Valley and then across the Jordan into what was then called the land of Gilead, the land of the Ammonites. And these Ishmaelites called Midianites crossed over the Jordan River and would come into that Jezreel Valley by Bethshan, the ancient city of Bethshan, and they would make their way down to Egypt and they would take spices and gold and silver and all of the things that they had gathered in their travels and they would either go to the Aron Pass, which was at Megiddo, or they would take a shortcut which is a little bit rougher to go, but not if you're skilled travelers as the Ishmaelites, the Midianites were. And so they turned and went south through Dothan. As they came through, a plot had been made by Joseph's brothers, and they had put him into a cistern, into a well. And now they were drawing him out. They were going to kill him, but instead they sold him as a slave. Yes, human trafficking was going on and has gone on since time immemorial. And so this is what happened. And they sold Joseph, their brother, to the Ishmaelites, to the Midianites, and they went the rest of the way through the valley of Dothan and went to the Via Maris, the way of the sea, went down through Ashkelon, Ashdod, down through what we call the Gaza Strip and into Egypt. And there Joseph was sold to one of the chief servants of Pharaoh, his name was Potiphar. And as Joseph made his way to Egypt, the boys had to go back and tell their father something because they would have known that he would have gotten wind of something. So they took that beautiful coat of many colors that they knew that their father had handmade for him. And they dipped it in a sheep's blood, into a goat's blood. Then they took that and sent that to their father and said, is this the coat of your son? Notice they didn't say in the Bible, our brother, but your son. And as you know, Jacob's heart was broken. All of this is recorded in the book of Genesis, chapter 37. Then it picks up after a sordid story of Judah, the one from whom David, the greatest king and Messiah would come from, the horrible story about Judah, the fourth of Jacob's sons, and his daughter-in-law, Tamar. And you can read about that in chapter 38. But in chapter 39, we pick up again on the narrative, and the story is unfolded about Joseph and how God blessed him, how he looked over him and let him find favor with everyone that he met. And certainly he rose to the height of power under Potiphar, the servant of Pharaoh. Well, you know the sordid story of Potiphar's wife and the false accusations uh, against Joseph. And he was put into prison. And the Bible says there, God had him to find favor again with the keeper of the prison. Isn't it amazing as we read through the great story of God and these individual stories how that God is going somewhere and how that God opens up the heart of one person to find favor in the heart and the eyes of another person. And this is exactly what happened. And while he was there in the prison, he was the one that became the chief steward 
of the prison. And as is the case in ancient kingdoms, Pharaoh was no different. He would have fits of rage, and that's what he did. Something didn't taste right, and so the baker, the chief pastry maker and bread maker, was thrown into prison. And then the cupbearer, the one who tasted all of the wines for the king to make sure no one was going to poison him, he drank first, and then he would give to the king if he didn't die. And so these were trusted people because uh, it was uh, not uncommon for someone to be poisoned during that day and still is today. As a matter of fact, we still hear about these things in places such as Russia and China and places that have no morality whatsoever. And so this is what happened. And when Joseph was there in that prison, both the baker and the cupbearer, the butler, if you will, dreamed dreams. And Joseph interpreted those dreams. And one of them dreamed a dream. And Joseph said to him, well, this is going to be three days is why you had these three signs that appeared in your dream. And you're going to be raised back up to your position. The next one thinking, okay, this was good news. Let me tell you about my dream. And he told of his dream. And Joseph said, this means that the Pharaoh is going to take your life. And indeed he did. And all Joseph asked, was, when you get in front of Pharaoh, would you tell him that I am innocent of my crimes and that I helped you out and I blessed you and I interpreted your dreams that the God of heaven gave to me? Well, as is the case, out of sight, out of mind, that's what happened. So when this steward was before the king, he had forgotten all about Joseph and the great deeds that he had done. But what happened? God arranged a circumstance. Now, isn't it amazing that God arranges our circumstances. Sometimes we think that it just happens. Let me just tell you, things don't just happen. God orchestrates people to be where they need to be when they need to be there. And sometimes, yes, we make our choices and God allows for that because you see, when God ordains that something's going to be done, whether that's salvation, whether that's a calling, whether that's an event, when God ordains that something's going to happen, he knows it's going to happen, but he also ordains the means whereby it will happen. In other words, it's not going to happen without the means that God has ordained. So it's not automatic. This is why God says to pray. Listen, if God is going to do things no matter whether we pray or not, then why would he tell us to pray? That would just be nonsense. No, God has ordained the means whereby we will move his hands, and it's through prayer. This is our responsibility to pray. And God has already prompted us to do that. And I have said, like many, many, many men before me, great, great, Great men of God before me have said that in relationship to God's people, he does nothing except in answer to prayer. Now, you can disagree with that. That's okay. And don't try to prove me wrong. I don't need you to do that. Just believe what you want to. I'm not saying this is going to be an earth shaker and the difference between heaven and hell. That's just what I believe. And so we don't have to fight about it. If you want to, well, then go find somebody to fight or just go argue with a fence post. I don't have time. But I am saying to you that the scripture teaches that God does know what's going to happen. He knows who's going to be saved, but he has ordained the means whereby we'd be saved, and no one is saved. I repeat, no one is saved apart from repentance 
and trusting the Lord Jesus Christ alone for our salvation. That's the means whereby we obtain the grace of God and receive it into our lives. So Joseph is in Egypt, and all of a sudden, the Pharaoh starts having dreams, and nobody can interpret them. And finally, finally, the cupbearer says, oh, oh, wait, wait, I there is one that I was in prison. I had this dream. The other guy that you put in prison with me that same day, you know, that baker that you got so upset about the bread that he made? Well, we had dreams, and Joseph, this man that had been the steward there in the prison, he interpreted these dreams for us, and exactly what happened, I was raised up, just like he said, and restored to this position. That's why I'm telling you this. But that other guy was I mean, we were friends, but you killed him. And Joseph is the one that predicted all of that. And so Pharaoh sent for him, and sure enough, Joseph said, look, the God of heaven is the one that interprets dreams. And Pharaoh, he told Pharaoh his dream. He told him all about it. He told him what was going to happen. He said, what you need to do is you need to get someone, because there's going to be seven years of great, great plenty. But then there's going to be, following that, years of famine and everything is going to dry up. People will be starving to death. So as a wise Pharaoh, I would encourage you to go ahead and start building storehouses and you start storing up because God's giving you all of these good years so that you can really help your people and not only your people, but God's got a bigger plan than what you know about. Of course, Joseph didn't divulge everything. He just told him what to do. And he said, the Pharaoh said, oh my goodness, with your kind of wisdom, who's better to do that than you? And so he became the vice regent. He became the prime minister of Egypt, the greatest kingdom of that time period in all of the world, in all of the history. He became the prime minister and everything and everyone was subject to Joseph by the great favor and hand of God and only Pharaoh was above him. And when we come back on the next On The Way podcast, I want to tell you what happened there. Why? Because this is the great story of God. Now we're in the patriarchal period, and we are about to enter into what is called the period of the Exodus. But we got to know how we got down into Egypt. And next time on the way, I'm going to tell you really what God did to get his people into Egypt and let them go into Egypt by his will so he could bring them out by a strong and mighty arm. Let me just say parenthetically, many times God allows us to get into places that are absolutely against everything we would ever want to do. But God does it so that he can bring us back out with a strong and mighty arm and not only increase our faith and not only build a great work in our lives, but to show the rest of the world that he lives, that he is the God of heaven and earth, and that he is still alive and working miracles today. I hope that's an encouragement to you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCRISP.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.